please stop thinking about people engaging with your posts as a thing that is going to grow your audience because it's really not. And Instagram is not a way to grow your audience. Welcome to Socialette. I'm your host, Steph Taylor. As a launch strategist and digital marketer, I've learned a lot of lessons the hard way while building a seven-figure online business. If you're an overwhelmed business owner struggling to scale while also keeping your clients happy, this podcast is for you. Join me as I share actionable advice for creating an online business that feels good and brings you so much joy. Are you on the list to get my daily biz boosters? Every day, I'll send you a bite-sized prompt that is designed to help you grow your business in a more intentional way. Sign up at stephtaylor.co slash dbb or at the link in the show notes. Hey, welcome back to Socialette. This is episode 523. Last episode, I looked at the first half of the questions that you all had about audience growth. And while I had probably more than 100 questions submitted, I've selected 20 of the most common ones that came up to answer them in last episode. And today I'm doing the next nine of them. So this is really fun for me. I'm enjoying answering your questions because a lot of the time as content creators, when we're creating content, we kind of assume that, you know, our listeners, our audience have certain levels of knowledge and we don't always know where the knowledge gaps are. So having the question in the survey that I sent out recently asking what questions you have about audience growth really highlighted a lot of the questions that I didn't realize or a lot of those knowledge gaps that I didn't realize my listeners have. So if you are stuck for content ideas, no matter where you're creating that content, sending out a survey and talking to your audience and finding out what their knowledge gaps are that can really point to where you need to be creating that content. All right, so let's jump into the next batch of questions. Question number 11, what makes a good piece of content? I love this question because it's something I talk about a lot inside my course, Boost Your Brand Superfans, is this concept that um, this concept of remarkable content. Now, Seth Godin in his book, Purple Cow, writes about how if you're not remarkable, you are invisible. And it's very much the same with content. Uh, he was talking more in a broader business sense there, but it's very much the same with content because we live in a world now where there is just so much content. It's not like reading a free blog post is enough. Like It's not like if you're just like, oh, my blog post is free. That's not a selling point anymore. It's got to be really remarkable content for somebody to now want to consume it because there is so much free content out there. So what makes a good piece of content? Firstly, it's got to be remarkable. And when I say remarkable, it's content that zigs instead of zags. And it's content that's not obvious. It goes against what everybody else is saying, or not necessarily against what everybody else is saying, but it zags when everyone else is zigging. Uh, it's something that also gives your audience what they want and need and meets them where they're at. I think it's really uh, underestimated how important it is to meet your audience where they are at, not where you think they are, not where you want them to be, but finding out where they are and meeting them where they're at, that's going to make the content that much better for them. And having said that, if you're finding that your content's not reaching a lot of people, 
that doesn't necessarily mean that it's not good content because good content's great, but good content on its own doesn't always find the audience. You have to consciously and proactively get it in front of that audience. Okay, next question. What is good growth for a podcast? I put this question in here because it's very much a how long is a piece of string situation, right? When you've got a smaller niche and you're a smaller niche audience, then good growth might be 100 downloads. If you're in a really broad category, good growth might be a million downloads. There's so there's such a wide range of what is considered quote unquote good. Uh, you can hear Archie in the background there what is considered good for a podcast. And, you know, I consider my podcast to be pretty average with growth. Um, and that is in the last four years, we've hit 1.5 million downloads. But the first six months, we hit 100,000 downloads. So the, it, the growth's going to be exponential over time. Uh, and I would say the best thing to keep in mind, rather than looking at the numbers, is paying attention to the kind of feedback you're getting from your listeners. Are you having people reaching out and saying that your content is making a difference? Are they leaving reviews talking about how they are enjoying your podcast? Those things matter more than just download numbers because download numbers, great, that's how many people your podcast is potentially reaching, but that's not necessarily the impact that it's having. Next question, do I have to have a social media following? If so, what is the best platform? And I love this question because I've also been kind of rethinking my relationship with social media lately. And where we used to think, you know, five years ago that you could start a business just by posting to Instagram and posting the right content and liking people's posts and commenting on their posts, that's not really how it works anymore. And it really concerns me when somebody says that they're spending like an hour a day engaging on Instagram. That is way too much of your day. That is like, I don't know, it depends how many hours you work, but that's like 12 and a half percent of your day if you're working an eight hour day. And that is a significant amount of time. Imagine what you could do with an extra five hours a week rather than liking and commenting on posts that people are probably not going to like and comment back and engage with you. So you don't need to be doing any of that stuff on Instagram. But, but you do need to be a marketer or hire a marketer. And that doesn't mean social media. Marketing is not just social media. Uh, marketing is podcasting or blogging or posting to YouTube, sharing valuable content to these platforms. One of these platforms, not noise. It's building an email list. It's emailing them regularly. These are the fundamentals of marketing, not just trying to get more followers on in Instagram and hoping that they will one day buy from you. All right. Next question. My audience loves my Instagram stories, but barely engages with any posts, even if the information is the same. How do I get them to engage with my posts so I can grow my audience? Okay. Firstly, engage, somebody engaging with your posts is not going to grow your audience. I talked about this a bit in the last episode, but I've been on Instagram for the last four or five years. I have 30,000 followers. I cannot think of a single post that I've shared that has got me more than maybe 50 to 100 followers. I've never had that massive you know, influx of followers. And that was also years ago. It just doesn't happen anymore. I actually lose more followers each time I post now than getting an influx of followers. So please stop thinking about people engaging with your posts as a thing that is going to grow your audience because it's really not. And Instagram is not a way to grow your audience. 
Okay, so your audience loves your Instagram stories but barely engages with your posts. You know what that tells me? That tells me, great, let's go with what's working with your audience, what your audience likes. Rather than trying to shift what they are already engaging with, why don't we use that to our advantage? Why don't you share your best content on your Instagram stories? Yeah, it might not live forever, but that's okay. We're meeting that audience there. Think of Instagram as a way to nurture those people. And if they're already loving your Instagram stories, that's a sign that they care about what you are doing. Now, how can we maybe get them off your Instagram stories and onto your email list? That would be a bigger question I would be asking. Okay, question 15. What's the easiest way to come up with content? Oh, exactly what I'm doing right here, where I'm answering the questions that you all submitted in my survey that I send out twice a year. And one of the questions I asked this time around for the very first time was, if you had to ask me three questions about growing your audience, what would they be? And this has given me content ideas for the rest of 2022, basically. So that is the easiest way to come up with content. Talk to your audience. If you cannot, for whatever reason, get in front of them, if you don't already have an audience, look to the communities they hang out in. What are they asking in Facebook groups? What are they asking in Reddit groups? Uh, A great tip is in a community of any kind, Facebook, Reddit, anywhere like that, search in quotation marks, how do I? That will bring up all the posts where somebody's asking, hey, how do I do this? How do I do that? How do I uh, get my audience to engage with my Instagram posts instead of my Instagram stories? Things like that will bring up questions people are asking. And where somebody is asking a question, there's an opportunity for you to answer it with content. So that is my favorite way to come up with content. The other way to come up with content is to look at what they need to know to be ready to buy from you. And this is, um, I go a lot more in depth into this in Launch Magic, but essentially looking at, okay, what kind of things do they currently know, understand, and believe about the problem that your digital product or your service solves? And what do they need to know, understand, believe? And what kind of content can we share to move them from where they are now to where they need to be to be ready to buy from us. I talked about that a little bit in episode 512, the best types of content to share in a launch. So go back and listen to that. Okay, next question. How do I keep my audience engaged once I have them? Yeah, this one's a great question. It's something I also do struggle with because consistency is not one of my strengths. But I've been able to stay consistent with this podcast and consistent with emailing my list. And for my audience, that's enough to keep them engaged. I consistently email value. I consistently share valuable podcast episodes. So consistently sharing that value is a great way to keep them engaged. Bringing them in on your journey, helping them to co-create your products, helping them to co-create your content by sending out those surveys and talking to them, great way to keep them engaged. And also finding out from them, like, what do they want from you? So send them those surveys, ask them, like, what kind of content do you want? What do you want to see? Do you want to see behind the scenes? Do you want to see like a little bit of my real life? Like, what do you want to see from me? And that will give you the answer to what you need to do to keep them engaged, to keep them consuming all of your content. Having said that, though, there will always be people in your audience who become disengaged and that's fine. We can sometimes re-engage them, other times not, but there will always be a little bit of drop-off because some people might have lost interest in that particular topic. They might have already solved that problem or they might have found somebody else who delivers similar content. That's all okay. That's normal. All right. 
Question 17. How can I better understand what my audience needs? Oh, yes. Ask them. <laughs> uh, I know I'm really spruiking the power of surveys in this one. But uh, as I chatted with Kirsty Fountain uh, back in episode, I think it was 501, around there, uh, we talked about customer research and the power of using customer research to write your copy. I also think customer research for your content is so important because your audience is literally telling you what they want. You as the expert in your topic, you know what they need. So they might be saying, hey, I want more followers, more Instagram followers. I know that they need more email subscribers. See how there's that gap between what they want and what I know that they need. So how can you better understand that? Talk to them. Find out what the problem is showing up like in their life. Find out what transformation they want to achieve. Find out what symptoms are showing up in their life and find out ask them, how can I best support you? This is always a great question that I love to ask in my surveys is how can I support you? And my audience gives me actual, you know, they say, oh, I want a step-by-step plan or I want this or I want that. And that's either going to be a content idea for me or a product idea. Okay. Next question. What packs the most punch when you are time poor? Okay. Not social media. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm not anti-social media. Okay. To be fair, social media has really helped with building my brand a long time ago. It did. Now it really hasn't. And it doesn't anymore. Uh, algorithm changes, noise, sat- content saturation, all of those different reasons have completely changed the role that social media plays in my business. And if I were time poor, it's not where I would be spending my time. Even now, like I, you know, I'm full time in my business. I don't have a whole lot of work on, to be honest. I, don't really work more than maybe 30 hours a week. I have time if I wanted to, to spend more time on social media, but I don't think that is the best return on my time. So if I were time poor, I would be spending time on building my email list, writing awesome emails to my email list. I would be spending that time identifying uh, potential brand collaborations, potential podcasts I could get an interview spot on, and then reaching out and pitching those. So when I say collaborations, it's getting in front of other people's audiences, people who share the same audience, brands that are, that have, you know, a complementary product or complementary service offering that is similar to yours, but not a competing one. Or uh, if somebody else has an online course or a membership teaching to that same group of people that you are trying to reach, how can you pitch them maybe for a masterclass, offer to teach to them for free? So those kinds of activities give you the best return because you are getting in front of the right people. It's better than throwing content into the social media black hole and being like, Instagram algorithm, love me, love me, but it doesn't. Okay. Last question. Is TikTok really a better way to grow your audience? Uh, It can be if it's what you enjoy doing. But if you don't enjoy doing it, it's going to be really hard to grow your audience because you're going to struggle to be consistent. You're going to struggle to create good content and it's going to show your audience isn't going to grow as a result. If you really like some of the people I know who are most successful in TikTok, uh, my friend Sally Prosser, who was on this podcast a while ago, she loves it. And it suits her personality. She's really got quite an out there personality and she loves TikTok. And as a result, her audience has grown quite a lot. But having said that, you know, I, you would have to drag me kicking and screaming to really put in as much energy as Sally does into her TikToks. And you can see in my audience growth, like it just hasn't happened. I haven't really put in that time and energy. So if you have the time and energy and you want to do it, great. There's an opportunity there, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't rely on that as the only way to market your business. And I wouldn't expect it to happen 
overnight. It's going to take time. It's going to take consistency. It's going to be hard because you're going to want to give up when you don't see those instant results. But it's just like any other form of content. If you stick with it long enough, you will see those results. All right. There you have it. The second lot of audience growth questions. I recorded this entire episode with Archie sitting on my lap because he was scratching at the door and whining in the background. So <laughs> if there's some random thuds in the middle of the episodes, I do apologize because that was his tail thumping up against the microphone. Um, so that is it for the Q&A on audience growth. I have another one coming up on launching a podcast and another one coming up on launching a digital product. I am super excited for those. They are full of awesome questions. Thank you to everyone who submitted your questions for this episode because you've helped me create awesome content. If you have any friends who you think would benefit from today's episode, please send them my ways. Tell them about Social Ed Podcast. And if you're not already following the show, hit the plus button in Apple Podcasts or follow in Spotify. Thank you so much for listening. Catch you next time.